I'm Yasi Salik, and I'm the host of Bandsplain, a show where we explain cult bands and iconic artists by going deep into their histories and discographies. We're back with a brand new season at our brand new home, the Ringer Podcast Network, tackling a whole new batch of artists, from grunge gods to power pop pioneers to new metal legends, and many, many more. Listen to new episodes every Thursday, only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet, and the other, well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome to Bachelor Party. I'm Juliette Littman. I have a big guest today. It is Wells Adams. You know him from Bachelor in Paradise and probably just like Bachelor Nation. He's been around for a while. Anyway, he is on a show on Hulu called Best in Dough, which is a pizza making competition. But of course, more importantly, he's here to talk to us about Paradise. So let's get into it. I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Wells Adams. Wells, welcome to the podcast, and congratulations on your recent uh, nuptials. Thank you so much. Yeah, finally got finally got hitched. Uh, how's it feel? It feels exactly the same as it <laughs> did beforehand because we had to postpone twice. So we were supposed to get married basically two and a half years ago. So we've we've been saying we kind of felt married for quite a while. We, you know, bought a house together. We have dogs together. Um, so yeah, we, basically we got married and it just felt like we were throwing a party for everybody else. That's great. Uh, well, yeah. people love parties, me included. Um, well, I'm delighted to be talking to you for a number of reasons, but I, I just wanted to start by saying, I was like thinking about what are my earliest Wells memories. And I remember your bio from when you were on Jojo season, I believe. Right. Yep. I remember it said that you were a DJ from Nashville who really liked tacos and the tacos really stuck out to me. And um, I just wondering if you have favorite tacos in LA. Um, uh, Do you still like tacos? Are you still a taco person? Of course. And I also, I live in Mexico for a month. So (laughs) I have to eat a bunch of tacos, but I don't, uh, Trejo's is pretty good. Okay, cool. Those Uh, are good. yeah, but if I'm being honest, like I love to cook. And oh. so I, and also Sarah and I really don't leave the house a whole lot. <laughs> um, and so like I, I do the majority of the cooking and I do the majority of the taco making. And I make a damn good taco. So wow. my place to get tacos is my house. Wow. Just come to Studio City next time you're there and I'll make you some amazing tacos. I'm sure you'd love it if I tracked down your address through some creepy method and then just showed up <laughs> on your door saying, hey, you invited me for tacos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, what's your top? What's your filling of choice? And then we'll actually talk about The Bachelor. Uh, I'm a big shrimp taco guy. Okay. Um, and I, what I really like to do is I like to to get the smoker out and smoke some shrimp. Ooh, that sounds um, delicious. Yeah, and then um, and I'm, I'm also a Baja, Baja taco man. So so good. Very very simple, like cilantro, onions, hot sauce, like some lime juice, and like really that's it. Uh, I also like to hand make my um, tortillas as well. Wow, you do really cook a lot. This sounds fantastic. Well, now I understand why you want to stay home. That sounds really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wells, you are now the like the the only bartender in paradise doesn't seem like you got a lot of help behind the bar back there like, are you tired at the end of the day what are your days like when you're when the show is filming uh they're long if i'm being honest they're very <laughs> long I, you know i think it's funny everyone assumes that uh like there's a bartender that makes the drinks and i come in and like hand the drinks over and do like my sh- my shtick with everybody and then when they come down and they see it happening and they're like oh you like make all these drinks and like you have to go get the ice and like when we run out of cups like you have to clean them like yeah I, it's not very so you're actually bartending yes I, I actually am bartending and the hours are long i mean like reality tv you, you kind of just film all day and you just wait for things to happen um so yeah, like and like rose ceremony nights are really long because there's just a you can't start can't really start until the sun goes down and then there's a lot of things you got to get through before you get the rose ceremony. So yeah, we're talking like eight nine hour shifts. Wow, that is long. Yeah. Um, did you like take a bartending class? Have you ever bartended before? Like I, I'm gonna be honest, if I was on Paradise and my drinks weren't being made that I wanted them to, I'd be pretty disappointed. So. How are you, you know, like what, what are your bona fides for this role? Well, when I was living in, well, in college, I was a bartender and waiter. And then when I was in Nashville, like moonlighting at radio stations, I would still bartend and wait tables and stuff. So I, I have a good kind of understanding of. Okay. Uh, and then when I, when I got this job, I did like do a refresher course at like a bartending school just to make sure that Love like. It. I could kind of do everything, but if I'm being honest, like one, I can't have a blender down there because of sound. Oh. Um, so every, everything's on the rocks at that bar, they, the bar by the pool, they make everything. Um, and so if I'm being honest, like it's a lot of like the same drinks down there. It's a lot of like <laughs> the sodas, splash of pineapple, you know, sure. like sounds great. Yeah. Pretty simple <laughs> stuff. Like a lot of margaritas, um, and like a lot of wine and champagne and stuff. So it's not like I'm out here having to create like really, you know, crazy outlandish drinks. <laughs> I'm like shocked by this. This is, this is incredible. So, um, how do you like find out what's going on? Like, do people just come up and offer up the information or do you ask questions? Like, how do you stay in the loop when you're legitimately working an eight hour shift? I mean, uh, it's, it's like a, it's a bar, like any bar you'd go to, like people just like congregate around the bar, you know, like <laughs> it's no different than any other place. And so when, when everyone's around, we have cameras everywhere. So sure. I'm always being like, what's going on? What's going on? If nothing else for narration of the show. Uh, and so everyone's like, oh my God, Genevieve's over there crying. And oh my God, Victoria took, you know, just Johnny. 
and yeah, yeah, that's, that's coming up. And like, so I, I get kind of downloaded and then, you know, there are storylines. We haven't seen any heart to hearts, but they're coming where like, you know, there'll be a, a producer will be like, so-and-so is really struggling and they, they need some like Wells advice mm. because, and it, and it makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, it's, I think it's, a, it's harder for cast members to truly trust a producer because they have sure. a motivation to, you know, make a television show for me. Like, I totally understand where these people are coming from. I was on the show. I understand like the trepidations that you have going in there and, and the anxieties of how it's going to look afterwards. And, uh, I truly am like looking out for everyone's best interest. And so I feel like it's a lot easier for them to come to me to be like, Hey, so this is how I'm feeling. What do you think I should do? And yada, yada, yada. And I always give them the best advice. Do they always take it? No, but the ones that <laughs> the smart ones that do always end up looking the best. Um, it seems like you're having a lot of fun this season. Like I feel like through three episodes, it seems like you're just like kind of like holding court in a way that I don't know you necessarily were shown to be in previous seasons. What makes one season more fun than another for you? Or, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you weren't having fun. You're just a great actor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that nothing has really changed between this season and past seasons, other than the fact that ABC bought a lot more episodes. And so <laughs> I think that like the things that used to be left on the cutting room floor that I did are not being left on the cutting room floor anymore because we were right. filling time. Um, yeah, but this season does have shades of season four of Paradise, which is when I did like a lot of puppetry and mm-hmm. like a lot of stuff. Um, and that's kind of the same thing. We had to shut down because of, you know, there was a, a weird scandal that we had and, right. and we had, we, there was a bunch of time we needed to fill. And so I think that's what's happening is, is, um, is they're just using a lot more of me because there's more time to fill. The, the other thing too, is I, I think for a long time, they were having a hard time figuring out how to best utilize my storytelling capabilities. Um, and this season we honed it in and you'll see like on last night's episode, I do like the well story time thing and mm-hmm. we have this crazy reenactment uh, and there'll be a lot more of the, not, not so much reenactments, but there's a lot more well story times where like I bring everyone together and I kind of tell this story and we can kind of paint a picture for everybody, which I think is, um, is going to be enjoyed a lot by, you know, Bachelor Nation. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. We have to talk about Sally, who we have not seen yet, but we've seen her luggage and her vibrator, allegedly. Did that whole story really happen, like, from start to end as you told it? Like, is that true? Well, I can say this. This, that story is the story that we heard from the producer that went there. Okay. Now, how embellished that story was... (laughs) I do not know, but that was the story that we were told in Mexico being relayed the information from the producer. Cause she, she was supposed to come earlier. She, uh, she missed like six or seven flights. Oh my God. Um, That's yeah. insane. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. So. Uh, I can't believe she didn't get uninvited by that point. Like she's, she's the opposite of a flight risk. She's a no, no flyer. Yeah, well, the, the next best thing was uh, a reenactment of of me telling the story, I guess. 
when you met her, I, you know, I, we know she shows up based on the um, preview for future episodes. When you met her, did you ask her like what was going on? Uh, no. I, carried I, on. Just moved on yeah, along just, with it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, how do you, so I believe Romeo came to you for advice and he obviously has had a real, a, a real uh, run of things. So what do you think is was his fatal flaw? I mean, I, he's still on the show, obviously, but things are not going great. And Kira only accepted, excuse me, um, Jill only accepted his rose to like stay around, which I think is a great move. But what do you think was his original sin? What did he, what did he do so wrong? Um, well, here's the thing. I don't know if he really did anything really wrong. I mean, the truth of the matter is we're three days into making this show. I know. Uh, it's crazy. And, they act like it's been like three years. I yeah. can't like, <laughs> and, and, there's you know, such an emphasis this season. I'm like, I put all my eggs in your basket. And then, uh, and it's literally been two days. Like, how do, how is that feeling cultivated? Like, why is Genevieve so set on Justin when she's probably spent like 12 hours with him? Well, here's the thing. Like, it, it's... It's almost like dog years down there where like a day is like a month, you know, uh-huh. it, it, it is there. They're very long days. You have a lot of time with uh, with everybody. But, you know, in terms of Romeo, like I. He the problem was, is that like he cut totally dissed Kira um, because Kira was coming on a little too strong. Uh, or, Fair enough. And then it seemed like he was all about Jill and then he dissed Jill. And it was like, it was like, he just couldn't figure out what he wanted. And he just kind of ended up looking like an F boy. Um, Big time. And it, it's him crying so much also uh, almost led to like, is this an act? Like, are you being authentic <laughs> or like, are you crying because like you realize how bad you're going to look, you know? So. Yeah, it's funny you say that. One of my one of my co-hosts, my friend Callie, we do this episode, this show twice a week. And so on our first episode this week, she was saying she thought that Romeo was crying as a tactic. And I thought that he was just like a broken man. And so it didn't even it didn't even occur to me that perhaps he was like somewhat crying because he knew how bad it looked. But you had a you had a front row. So did, was that something that you were thinking as it was happening? A little bit. I I thought it was hilarious. Like he could not stop crying, and I think I was like, "Dude, you need to stop crying. Like this is weird. Like it's starting to get weird, man." You know? Uh, I know. I was like, "Why is he crying so much?" Yeah. I mean, maybe he was embarrassed. Brittany curved him hard, real hard. Which by that was, we need more Brittany screen time. She's so good. And so I love Brittany. She's like our Brittany and Casey are like our surprise our surprise favorite so far. We're like. Brittany just seems awesome and like great energy. And Casey just seems kind of fun too. He's not doing a ton, but like he's a good narrator. Yeah, he's great. I especially episode one, him and Lace were like very, very good uh yeah. in, in narration. Yeah. How what makes a good narrator? I mean, you've been around the show for like seven years now, and obviously you are kind of in that role. And um, like what makes a good narrator and and how as given your vantage point from behind the bar, like when do you spot that? I mean, it's people who are, who are funny. Uh, and yeah, I mean, like anyone can be like this happened and this happened and this happened, you know, but Mm -hmm. like to be able to inject like personality and like funny quips, uh, 
into those things. That's what makes uh, good narrators. And, and those are people who are just like witty and funny, you know, and, and like a little crazy. Like when right. people are like a little wonky, like it becomes funny. Yeah. Like Genevieve, who's like yeah. definitely a little. She's that, like, like that, that's also Lace. Like Lace, Lace is like the best reality star we have there. Like she kills it. Uh, but, she, but like, she says some things where you're just like, what are you talking? I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, <laughs> had you met Lace before? Were you guys on the show together? Yeah, we were on season three together. Got it. Did she, did she remember you? Like what's Lace like in, in real life? I was joking that it seems like she's like Austin Powers. Like she was unfrozen from 2016. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's uh, she like? <laughs> she's just like, she is on TV. If I'm being perfectly honest with you, like, <laughs> she comes at this show pretty honestly uh and yeah i mean we're as close as i feel like i as i am to anybody else on the show except for like a few people but yeah before the show she hit me up and she was like i'm coming and i'm like oh yeah we're gonna have some fun ladies. <laughs> and yeah uh we'll see we had a lot of heart to hearts uh i don't know if they're gonna show any of them but um but i help her through some some interesting times and she has she has quite the storyline this year. Oh, good. I- I'm excited about it. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet, and the other, well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. eBay knows that when it comes to jewelry, authenticity is the real gem. When you see the blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, it means your next piece will be carefully inspired by jewelry experts and will always be worth its weight in gold. Whether you're looking to make a statement or build the perfect everyday look, eBay is making sure you get the real deal. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that jaw-dropping piece will always arrive jaw-droppingly real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Um... What's your relationship like with Jesse Palmer? It's good. I mean, I I met him for the first time. We were doing like a uh, like a Bachelor in Paradise slash like he had that surfing show. Sure, uh, yeah, Ultimate Surfer. Yeah, and so we like hosted this thing for ABC executives in LA. And so both him and I were the hosts of it and on stage. And, and that was the first time I met him and I it was then when I was like, Oh, this guy's like so good at this, like very polished. Um, and so, yeah, now I get to hang out with him in Mexico and I mean, it's, it's a little bit of like me showing him the ropes of that place, right. which, um, you know, it's one, it's like just getting around like logistically, you have to like, kind of like learn, um, how to get around that place. And then, and then like th- this show is a lot different than working on the bachelor or the bachelorette. Like it is a comedy. Y- you need to, you know, 
kind of your tone needs to be a little bit different, I think, and stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I think he's doing a great job and yeah, I'm a know, Jesse we're, super fan. We're, we're a, we're a good team too. The only, I feel bad for him. He's a big dude and big dudes who are athletes tend to sweat a lot and like <laughs> it's hot there. And he, <laughs> he, you know, there's the times when he's sweating, like, you know, uh, Adam Levine's PR agent. <laughs> um, so what do you do on your off time? And I mean, Jesse's going must have so much off time. People are only coming in like, you know, a few minutes a day. Yeah. Jesse lives off site in, um, at the Vedanta, which is like where we have all the dates, which right. is kind of far away. So like, we really only bring them in like when we need like rose ceremonies or like entrances mm-hmm. and stuff. I live on site. Um, so it's a lot of like me just like hanging around my hours are, I, I generally am just doing night shifts this season. That's good. So it's a lot of like 10 o'clock to like four in the morning shoots. Jeez. So if I'm being honest with you, like my off time is I generally sleep until about noon right. or one. I'll like go run on the beach get dinner and then it'll be like time to go back to work. Right. Man, this is like a pretty grueling uh schedule. Um yeah it's not it's not it, it, it's I don't work. see glamorous, but it's not. It's a lot of work. Is there any air conditioning behind the bar? No. Oh brutal. At least you're no. doing it at night. That's good. Yeah. Um you referenced that the show is a comedy and I thought that was really interesting. I interviewed Alon Gale a few, mon- a few months ago, which was wonderful. He also talked about like how um, a show like Paradise or FYI Island is a comedy. And I never really think about the shows being like different genres. But when you approach like, you know, a guest spot, if you were to like have a guest spot on um, The Bachelor or The Bachelorette versus you're hosting your bartending gig on Paradise, are you like thinking about that tone um, when you're on camera? Because I think that's a really interesting point. And like, uh, an interesting way of differentiating between the shows. Well, for the stuff that I've had to do for the Bachelor, the Bachelorette still is in like the the comedy realm. Like, sure. they, they had me and Harrison doing a lot of like play by play for like the sports dates and stuff. Right. And so I I, I was kind of like channeling um, like my dodgeball. Uh, <laughs> you yeah, know, like being on the Ocho, sure. Yeah, exactly. You know, like. Uh, Bold move, Cotton. But uh, yeah, like I, I, it's it's one thing that like kind of frustrates me a little bit about like the fans of the show that they forget that it's that it is a comedy. Like it opens as a comedy. Like the opening segment is like it's taking the piss out of everybody. Yeah, it's like a and so it's, so it's like you need to watch the show with that thought in mind. Yes, of course we want these people to find love and, you know, create, cultivate meaningful relationships. But like when we do silly things, like reenact this whole like Sally story, like, you know, this is a joke. Like don't take it seriously. It is a joke. You know, like the first episode we had a girl on the toilet, you know, like. (laughs) I'm glad she's gone by the way, not because I dislike Hunter, but because I don't want any more toilet references or whatever. But that's just me. It's just my humor. But I, I get it. I think that's like a really important point, just like kind of in general for all Bachelor franchises, Bachelor, Bachelorette in Paradise. Like my my hope is that it just kind of gets a little bit less serious and just like a little bit more like, let's get back to having fun, people. 
And I feel like the last few years has been hard with that. I've talked about it quite a bit on the pod, but that's, I think people really look forward to Paradise because of, like, the levity and because of the humor. And having, like, someone in your role is, like, it's just kind of like having, um, like, like a like a it's like a another audio track of like someone kind of commenting in a fu- in a funny way, and I feel like there's such a relief when people get to paradise. Do you feel that from fans yourself? Yes, and especially I feel like after this last season of The Bachelorette, which I think was just hard on everybody, like very <laughs> yeah. crew especially, but then also like for the fans. Um, and so yeah, I feel like paradise is much needed and much welcomed um, right now. So. Do you yeah. get any? Do you get any background on the like the guys who came off of uh, Gabby and Rachel's season, like Logan, Johnny? I forget who else is there right now. But yeah, anyway, it was, it was tough this year because in years past, because we changed the the schedule, because uh, it used to be that I would be able to at least watch like the first four or five episodes of the bachelorette before I even left to go film paradise. So I'd mm-hmm. have like an idea of who people were. And then while I was there, I could continue to watch the show. Um, and this season, like we went and filmed and like the bachelorette hadn't even started airing. So yeah. I, I had to like, kind of take it from like, like I remember uh, Johnny and um Logan was like, I'm the villain. And I was like, you don't seem like the villain. He's like, no, I had a hard time with, I, uh, I didn't, couldn't choose between the two. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe you really villain. I don't know. Uh, but I had, I had no, I had no context or pretense of that until, sure. until we got there. I mean, I'll, they'll give me like a, like, this is so-and-so and this is what they're known for, but that doesn't really help, you know? Sure. That's really interesting that he had that awareness. I mean, I guess if you're flip-flopping, perhaps, you know, but did he really have COVID? I still don't think he did. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you ask like the? Do, are you curious in how the the people feel about each other? Like, I really liked the reference this week to um, Justin and Sally being all over each other at Stagecoach. I was like, great, like definitely bring that into the show. I was I was glad it was referenced. Do you ask for those kinds of details or like, do you try to keep up with them so that you have all that information when you're there or do you just like let it come to you? Well, I mean, like... Did you go to Stagecoach? Are you Stagecoach man? No. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a huge country music guy, but... Uh, I don't like festivals. Too hot. Too much walking. Well, and I, was, I also worked in radio in Nashville for... Right. 15 years. I used to go out to cover Bonnaroo and I did enough of that, like <laughs> enough sweating in the dust and the dirt. Um, yeah, it's, it's not really my thing, but, uh, I, I don't keep up with them so much, but like everyone knows what's, it, it, it's like this like weird incestual family and like everyone kind of is in everyone else's business. And like every, even when they're like trying to be like sneaky, everyone knows what's, what's going on. And so, Yeah. I, we all know what's going on like behind the scenes or what happened at stagecoach or Coachella, you know, earlier that year. Sure. Sure. I like that. It's being acknowledged on the show. I think that's like a good evolution of kind of like how the storylines are crafted because I do think a lot of people are paying attention and just, just also like it was interesting. We talked about this earlier this week too with Teddy and Andrew and the way that Teddy just like pieced out and ghosted all of her friends and you um, it seemed like something like they had been like talking beforehand. And 
And, like, I just have to assume they say, like, they both went there to meet each other or whatever. And when she just, like, leaves so abruptly and they have, like, this sort of, like, abrupt, like, eh, we're not feeling it, it's kind of confusing if they don't give that backstory. So is there anything else that you could say about Teddy and Andrew that will make it make more sense and seem less jarring? I mean, I'm glad that you picked up on that. Um because when it was happening, that was a thing that we were talking to them about. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, (laughs) And like, it's going to be very hard to explain this to the audience. Like, I think that they were so scared. Like, I don't know if they had a relationship beforehand, but that's what everyone just assumed. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I think they were so scared that like they'd be ostracized because that's what happened last year with uh, Piper and Brandon. Brandon. Yeah. Um, and I remember when all that was going down, we were like, you, you guys just need to explain this. I don't think anyone's going to be mad about it, but like, what's going on. And then with her leaving, it was the, it was very odd. Like she just like up and was like, I'm out of here. And I actually went down to find her just to be like, can I, get, I all I wanted to do is like, if you want to leave, leave, but like, you should say goodbye to everyone. Cause that's kind of messed up. Like, <laughs> Everyone likes you and like you leave you know, like you know it's like one thing to Irish like Irish exit at a party but like yeah of course we've been here for like a week and like yeah. you're not gonna say goodbye to anyone and so I went down there to tell her that be like you can go I don't give a shit but like uh, you should probably say goodbye and she saw me and was like nope and just like left <laughs> like oh okay it was it was very very odd it was confusing also what she was saying to Andrew was confusing too I think that I think that actually, like, it both made me understand what was happening more, but also made, like, the actual impetus for why she was ending things even more confusing. Because my assumption is that they, then we talked about this earlier on this week on my pod as well, they talked so much beforehand that they had, like, a lot of um, expectations of what it would be like to actually be together. And it probably wasn't meeting the same vibe as they have, like, over text or whatever. And so then it was just like, no, this is this is not a thing and I'm out. So that... That's what I assumed, but it was very hard to tell. Is that more or less yeah. what happened? I, I don't know what happened, but I, I could see that being the thing because it mm-hmm. didn't, we were like, we're a weekend. Why are you so bummed out? Like, it's okay. Like, that's what this place is about. You date right. people and you figure it out. And like, I don't know why you're so like distraught over the fact that like this one didn't work. It's okay. And that's why, it, it, that's why we're like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it would make more sense if you, you guys had been talking and we knew this. But uh, we never really found out what the truth was because it was too late anyway. She was like, I, I'm out of here. Like, yeah, she right. was just like, I'm done with this. On to the next story. Um, and one other couple that we were like, what's going on with them? Uh, Brandon and Serene, they obviously had been talking too. We're just like excited to see each other and went in the opposite direction, I guess. And we're just like, yeah, this, this is going to work. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, everyone has like... Uh, like uh, they say it too, like they're on my list, you know, because mm. when you're like putting together the cast, like you want to make sure that like people are into other people. Sure. It's um, like medical school. You got to have like mutual, you know, it's like finding each other, cross-referencing your match list. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, they were both on each other's lists, you know, got it. and uh, so yeah, I really don't know if they, if they knew each other beforehand, but they're also like both the prettiest people in the world. And yeah, of course really like, are. they are going to like be attracted to one another. And yeah, like it's, uh, who knows what's going to happen with them. But uh, it was like after day one, we were like, 
just get married now. What are we doing? (laughs) I know. I always think couples like that should have to be escorted out. Like, okay, you found each other. Bye. You're done here. (laughs) Um, Wells, it was so nice talking to you. This insight was really cool. And it's awesome to hear about the show from your perspective. Um, Love what you're doing this season. And uh, good luck with the rest of the season and the rest of the press you have to do around it. And thanks again for joining me. Thank you. If I could say one thing, sure. uh, you know, I do have another show out on Hulu right now called Best in Dough that I'm hosting. Um, and it's a pizza competition show that's the most fun. And if you enjoy me on Paradise, then please go watch Best in Dough. The only problem is it might make you hungry for pizza, but that's okay. That sounds like a great compliment to Chef's Table Pizza. You should watch them, watch them together. That's like, a, that's like your whole weekend. Have you watched that too? A lot is of pizza. On... It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. No, mine's on Hulu. Go watch it on Hulu. Only Hulu. They're keeping it in the ABC family. (laughs) There's this other show that's on Hulu too. Uh, Bachelor in Paradise uh, is also on Hulu. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you so much, Wells. I definitely will check that out, I promise. Um, And I hope you all do too. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks again to Wells for joining me. And of course, thank you to Erica Cervantes for producing this episode. Callie and I will be back on Tuesday. Talk to you then. (laughs) 